Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, so cyber attacks are coming to the United States. Are coming. Had them before, haven't we? Uh, yeah, we have. Just going to be more severe. Yes, that is the word, at least. President Joe Biden. Again, I, I before we hear the clip, I just want you to know. But uh, yeah, he stuttered. He's had a, he's had a struggle with a stutter his entire life. He's not senile. Okay. Okay. Stop it. We've had these clips over the years. There was no problem. It gets worse as he gets older. <laughs> right. We all know this. All right, roll it. But uh, look, today my administration is issuing new warnings that based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. And as I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential. And it's coming. The federal government is doing its part to get ready. But under U.S. law, as you all remember, the private sector, all of you, largely decides the protections that is we will or will not take. President Bystander, here we go again. We're going to do everything we can, but remember, I mean, if you if you fall victim to a Russian cyber attack, it's on you, bro. That's on you. We're going to make sure that Norton antiviral protection is available to every American for free. <laughs> How'd that start again? But uh, look, today my administration is issuing new warnings. Yeah, okay. New warnings. All right. So this is probably going to happen. Well, we've known it before, but didn't Joe set the rules of what Putin could hack and what he couldn't? Oh, yeah, last June. <laughs> Biden bragged about handing Vladimir Putin a list of things that would be really bad to attack. Unbelievable. <laughs> Don't, whatever you do here, 16 things that you cannot touch because that would be really bad for us, Vlad. Okay. I gave them a list. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, 16 specific entities, 16 defined as critical infrastructure under U.S. policy, from the energy sector to our water systems. As long as you stay away from those, I don't have a problem with it. Okay? Hack away, Vlad. But not these, because these are important to us. Here's the map on how to hurt us. I, I also gave him my pin for my debit card and said, please don't use this. Only in emergencies. Yes. Oh, buddy. We're well, in so much trouble. Oh, my God. Well, can you imagine using this in, like, sports, like a baseball manager saying you can get him out with a high fastball and a, and a slow curveball, so please don't throw any of those in our team. Today. Just don't go to that well too often. <laughs> don't, don't go there. <laughs> Golly. It doesn't make we any just, sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Surrounded by these people. Yes. 
Speaking of Internet, if you missed the doozy from yesterday, the passage of time is significant when it comes to Internet and Internet speed. Yes. Because the vice president was out there talking yesterday about high speed. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here. Yeah. And um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. We're talking about that. Right. The significance of the passage of time. Uh-huh. Okay. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. What did she say? I don't know. It's been almost 24 hours. I'm still not quite sure. Have her staffers tried unplugging her and then plugging her back in? (laughs) That information I do not know. (laughs) Yes, when in doubt, reboot. (laughs) Because she needs it right now, there's no doubt. A friend in need is a friend indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Unplug, wait for 15 seconds, plug it back in, wait for that little blue light to turn solid. Change the password. Right. <laughs> right now, senators are questioning uh, President Biden's Supreme Court nominee. Uh, Katani, you know her name. That's how Biden introduced her before. Katanji Brown Jackson. Yes. Uh, I, I am really loving the meltdown that we're seeing from legacy media and the left. I mean, I know that's one and the same. When it comes to some of the questioning that's happening, of this judge and Supreme Court nominee because they're acting like, oh, well, Lindsey Graham's out there throwing a hissy fit because of Amy Coney Barrett and all that. Like, come on, that was ancient history. Nah, man, you guys said that she was the inspiration for Handmaid's Tale. Correct. Uh, You guys said she was racist because she adopted black kids. Not to mention what you said about Brett Kavanaugh and what you did, what you put the nation through based on an absolute lie. By the way, I can't even remember. What was the thinking from the left saying she was racist for adopting black children? Oh, it was colonialism. Right, colonialism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dude, that's, I mean, that yep. that's Henry Rogers, a.k.a. what's his name? <laughs> Ibram X. Kendi. One of the most important scholars in America who's getting like $20,000 a throw every time he goes and speaks to grade school kids. That guy was actually making the case that it was a white colonial settler's mindset that drove her to adopt black kids. Therefore, if she has black children, she is racist. Mm-hmm. You guys, I'm sorry, but you can go bleep yourself <laughs> if you're a so, little bit upset by Lindsey Graham asking her questions today. Okay? So under that thinking, is that white people shouldn't help black people? Yes. So not just not adopt, but don't help. Don't well, do what you can to help. Is that the same sort of thinking? Because that would be colonialism and like a nod to white supremacy or the white patriarchy. I'm trying to get all the terms right. I'd have to read Ibram X. Kindy again. Oh, boy. I totally understand. Okay. I'm just trying to make sense of that because it's nonsensical to most people. Okay. Um. Well, wait a second. Speaking of the patriarchy, this lady is married to a white dude. Is that problematic for some people on the left? Dude, I don't know what the rules are. Well, I don't either. They don't make sense. 
So I always ask questions. I realize sometimes there's no answers. No, the basic rule when you're dealing with the left and and identity politics all the way around Mm -hmm. is essentially if we don't like you, you are in a no-win situation. Got it. Everything you do is racist, regardless of what it is. Right. Okay. And then for the left, they can do whatever. Right. Because they've, quote, done the work. Yes. Got it. All right, back to Lindsey Graham. Yeah. And questioning um, Donji Brown, Jackson. Well, he gets into this whole bit about Gitmo. Yeah, because, yeah, she had apparently written at one point that the U.S. was committing war crimes by keeping Gitmo open. And Lindsey Graham was saying, hey, we just saw what happened in Afghanistan, is that some of the people involved not only in uh, warfare there, against us and against the Afghan citizenry uh, yes. were people that we let out of Gitmo. Thanks, Big O. Yes. Roll it. As long as they're dangerous, I hope they all die in jail if they're going to go back and kill Americans. It won't bother me one bit if 39 of them die in prison. That's a better outcome than letting them go. And if it costs 500 million to keep them in jail, keep them in jail because they're going to go back to the fight. Look at the friggin' Afghan government. It's made up of former detainees at Gitmo. This whole thing by the left about this war ain't working. <laughs> He's rolling there. Man, Lindsay. how about that, huh? Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't care for when it comes to Lindsay. I like that little rant, though. That was pretty good. It was entertaining. Uh, you know, gas prices are pretty high. Well, I noticed that. No. You probably noticed that. And we've talked about a few create, creative and crazy ways that people have been stealing gas around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of those stories uh, popped up in Florida. And this is something, man. You got these people that know how to change the prices on the pumps. And, uh, you know, obviously it's illegal, but people are still doing it. But you hook up the pumps and there is a way to roll back the prices to get it to like pennies a gallon. And then you got multiple people topping off the tank. For like a dollar. <laughs> and then they get caught, but by the time, you know, they catch the mistake, those people are gone. And you know this is going to be happening more and more. Um, it was a couple of different towns um, in Florida. i got it right here in front of me. Give me a second. Um, but it's just hacking the pumps. So is that Putin? Just curious. You know, because Putin's going to be hacking a lot of stuff. Is he hacking the pumps? No. Because well, if he is, you're going to have more Putin support in America. I'm just well, saying. I'm not saying true, that's a good yeah. thing. But, yeah. I mean, that's something the left is always talking about. These people on the right love Putin. I'm still really questioning that because I don't know too many people, like zero, that are like, you know what? I'm a big fan of Putin. I mean, do you know anybody? No, I don't. Scott? No, I don't. And, um... I live in the world of bobbleheads and T-shirts. I don't know any Putin T-shirts <laughs> or bobbleheads that are currently exist. Not one. These people have remote devices to manipulate the pulsators at the pumps. That's crazy. And that's how they get the prices down. Some people um, have been caught around the country, but a lot of people have not yet. But it was two separate Circle K stations, one in Lakeland and one in Lutz in Florida. So be on the lookout for that. I don't think we're done hearing about people ripping off gas. <laughs> Um, something else we want to get to. Um, well, Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. Always good for a sound bite. Um, 
An audio from Kid Rock you'll want to hear straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Talking about Joe Biden's pick for the Supreme Court. So awesome, he forgets her name. Katenji, well, you saw her. I guess you saw Justice Brown. Yeah, you know, whatever, that sort of thing. Just, well, I said uh, this is going to be a black woman. It's got to be a black woman, right? Okay. And different people on the right were like, hey, uh, that's racist. Shouldn't be able to do that. No, Ted Cruz certainly was out there saying, what, what is this? There are not other women that maybe should be considered or even men, men of color, anybody else. But there was a lot of pressure on the left. I remember Stacey Abrams throwing out the threats. Hear it all the time. Oh, yeah. But Maisie Hirono, Democrat from Hawaii. She takes great offense at that. Though my Republican colleagues and public figures have attempted to undermine your qualifications through their pejorative use of the term affirmative action, and they have implied you were solely nominated due to your race and not for other factors, this is incredibly offensive and condescending. Yes. Well, Scott, because that's what Joe Biden said. I'm going to pick a black woman. Now, she may very well be held in high regard and be very well qualified. But the notion and idea that people would come to that conclusion based on what the president of the United States freaking said. Yes. What is wrong with you? I mean, that's the most idiotic, moronic. I mean, well, hang on. We're not done yet. Sheldon Whitehouse is up there now. Here comes the boof question again. Oh, my goodness. It's, 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 yeah, the, there was it, a lot of backlash. But it, that, it, it, it makes it sound feeling. like we invented that. I know. I mean, no, he said it over and over again. Uh, here's some more. Let me be clear. Your nomination is about not about filling a quota. It is about time. It's about time that we have a highly qualified, highly accomplished black woman on the Supreme Court. It's about time our highest court better reflects the country it serves. Okay. Golly. All right. You all right? No, it's just, that's so stupid. Why would people come to that conclusion? Hmm, what could possibly make them think that way? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because the president said it. I want to share this real quick before we move on. Just happened to see a super sweet couple uh, that I know, and they were talking to me about the show, and they were saying really tremendous things about David. I mean, uh, the whole show. Um, David, they had been listening to since uh, he first, well, when we first got to know David, what, 2014? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's amazing. He's so good. They were just going on and on. And, of course, love Scotty, but, man, I got to tell you, I worry about him. (laughs) Some days I'm just like, hey, I understand the frustration, but just take it easy. We don't want any more heart attacks. I'm like, I know. I I understand it. 
Sometimes we just like to push his buttons because it's fun. But we, there's a level we don't want to get past. You might be. It might be early in the show for that. Okay, moving on to Kid Rock. He was on Tucker's show last night, David. Yeah, he did an interview with Tucker Carlson, and he talked about his friendship with Donald Trump. And I thought this was fascinating, man. It's one of those things where it's a real conversation between two guys in media. I mean, one of them is a musician. The other is uh, is on Fox News. Um, I just thought it was interesting, especially because one of the questions about Donald Trump is, how's he doing right now? He kind of got off the rails there for a little while. I thought that was a great question. Yes. You know, after the election, it was, you know, was a little, you know, a little different there. And but he's still the same guy. He sits down, he just cuts it up, just starts cutting it up. It's just how sharp he is. It's incredible. And you can see now if you watch a Joe Biden interview and you watch a Trump interview, you're just like, there's there's no comparison. Yeah. And Trump, yeah, he speaks off the cuff. I understand what it's like. Sometimes you get it wrong. Yeah. You know, this, that, and the other. But I would way rather hear somebody come from here and get it wrong once in a while than see this contrived pretty much every politician until he came along. At some level, everything was scripted. I mean, I've stood next to him in the White House and right next to him with the prepared notes. Yes, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool because that is true about Trump. The other part of picturing Trump, and I've said a lot of different times, man, I'd love to play a round of golf sometime with Trump. I think it'd be hilarious because that's the way I would picture him. It's not all serious or whatever, but cutting up a lot of funny stuff, and that appears to be what it is. And watch him read like one sentence, then just, let's go. <laughs> You're like, this is awesome. That's why I liked him from the beginning. You know, I, I said, you know, he was my guy before he even got the nomination. A Rolling Stone. And since that day till now, doo, 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 just bullets coming at you, you know, from every angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'll never forget the first time we saw the picture of Kid Rock and Donald Trump playing golf together. And Kid Rock had the, uh, like, American flag pants. Incredible. <laughs> Dressed to the nines. Well, you saw the picture of him in the White House. That yeah, showed on the Tucker interview, too. It was him and Sarah yeah. Palin and Ted Sarah, Nugent. Yeah, Ted Nugent at the White House. Yeah. If, and was the other picture of Kid Rock, It was <laughs> he was in a light blue T-shirt, and it's a picture of Adam Schiff. Schiff? And in front of it, it said bull, yeah. and then with a dash. I'd never seen that before. I just thought, that is so Kid Rock to be wearing oh, yeah. that. Definitely. That was pretty funny. Yeah, his new album's out. I listened to most all of it last night. It's fun. Of course it's fun. Of course, yeah, right. It's Kid Rock. Um, did you guys see the piece, Federalist, seven times the Babylon Bee reported history before it happened? Because it's satire. Yeah, right. It's amazing. Because we all look at the Bee time to time, and, you know, good for a laugh, but it is. It's pathetic. We'll get to that. And the Disney walkout today. Oh, oh wait till you hear the coverage. Next. Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennials, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer. Everybody loves Scott Robbins. Yeah, everybody. Okay, let's start here. The CDC told the 
Failing New York Times, it hid COVID data, well, for political reasons. You understand. Yeah, well, and for people's own good. You know, we mentioned this uh, a while back, but I, I don't think it can be stated often enough that the CDC was actively not sharing data about the effectiveness in real-world circumstances of this vaccine um, for people age 18 to 49. They were no, leaving they were that information out on purpose. So as Well, the, they were afraid that then people wouldn't take the vaccine seriously and right. question the efficacy. You know, they didn't want that. So two full years into the pandemic, the agency leading the country's response to the public health emergency has published only a tiny fraction of the data it's collected. Uh, so this article says that they published the first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults younger than 65, it left out the numbers for a huge portion of that population, 18 to 49-year-olds, the group least likely to benefit from the extra shots. Never forget this. I, I don't know what else to say other than we just can't forget it. I feel like, well, you're listening right now. You're like, yeah, we've all known this for a while. There's no doubt about it. But it was hard to get through to people. I hope they don't forget that these people can't be trusted. Legacy media, CDC, the FDA. Congressman, senators. Yes. Yeah. They can't be trusted. Well, when they they updated their data for the number of COVID deaths, they removed about 70,000 deaths. Ruling that, well, those were with COVID, not because of COVID. Um, but you remember when you would bring that up, what would happen? Oh, anti-science. You're denying that COVID's a real thing. And that's mm-hmm. why I got into the habit of saying, no, no, no. I, I recognize COVID's a real thing, and it has killed a lot of people. Yes. But most of the people that it has killed have been people with multiple pre-existing conditions. That doesn't mean don't take it seriously. But that yeah. does mean that, you know, closing down schools and whatnot is stupid especially now that you have the updated numbers from the CDC, and they reduced the number of pediatric COVID deaths, people under the age of 18 dying from COVID, by 25%. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. By the way, part of that interview we were talking about a little earlier with Tucker Carlson and Kid Rock, Mm -hmm. Tucker asked him, what were you thinking at the beginning of the pandemic? And like a lot of people, Kid Rock owned it, said, oh, my gosh, I was spraying the doorknobs. I was, you know, yeah. everybody's freaked out. I loved that part. Because he because was honest. It was so relatable. Yes. We all did. We all did. We trusted these people that we were getting the right information. Absolutely. This was something we'd never gone before. It was right. unprecedented. Right. These people are out in front of us, and my gosh, man. But you're trying to find the facts, and you're trying to make it make sense. But there were no other sources. That was, that was it. Exactly. That but, was it. Once you got the facts and got yeah. an idea, wait a second, this doesn't match with what they're saying, and it's all right no. to question it, and then what happened? The left, oh, yeah. legacy media, well, if you question it, you're anti-science. You don't believe it's real. No, that's not it. And like a lot of people, then he was like, you know, screw it. You got to live. We had elected officials mocking you if you thought otherwise. Yes. All right, let's get to the Disney story. They're walking out today. They're very unhappy. Good, Uh go. Bye. LGBTQ um, and the rest employees staging a walkout over Disney's attempt to, at least in the beginning, remain neutral on Florida's parental rights and education bill. But as you know, been a lot of coverage, and 
it's been called the don't say bill from legacy media sure the today show was talking about this this walkout you want to hear how they covered it of course it? Yes. okay roll it this morning turmoil at one of the most famous companies in the world employees are expected to walk off the job today over florida's so-called don't say gay bill fire them yeah gone bye does anyone understand don't how it's supposed back. to work yeah what we don't line up politically with what you want and so you're going to walk out? That's not the way it works. I don't understand it. Writing in an open letter, we must now take action to convince the Walt Disney Company to protect employees and their families. Protect them from what? David, do you? I, I don't know. Okay. They I keep saying that. Our families are under attack. Our LGBTQ families. How? Again, this bill is about schools not being able to talk about transgender issues. With kids up to third grade. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. How is that attacking families? No one ever asked the question. In an employee town hall Monday, the company promised a listening tour, a task force, and efforts to oppose similar legislation in other states. A task force? Oh, my goodness. Listen, I'm not telling anybody how to spend their money. You feel good about giving Disney a dollar? This nonsense? Me personally, no. No. Well, oh my goodness. Well, it's not like Disney wrote the legislation yeah, and that, enacted the law. That's the Disney weirdest. didn't do that. It's the weirdest thing. It's it's like yeah. the left has gotten into such a weird place now. All these people who spent years buying into Stephen Colbert's lie about Citizens United, the whole Occupy Wall Street thing, now they're mad that corporate interests aren't involved enough in politics. Right. And you're Disney. We all know you're woke and you own ABC and ESPN and you have all this control and you're not doing enough. What? Employee Nicholas Maldonado plans to join his Disney co-workers in the planned walkout. Once this bill signed, it's basically forcing people that are LGBT into back into the closet. The frustra- Hold on. Based how? on what? It's not. And how does NBC push that message? By letting that go unchecked. That's not freaking journalism. It's freaking propaganda. The frustration is extending beyond theme park gates, including to ESPN, where two broadcasters held a two-minute moment of silence on air during the NCAA women's basketball tournament over the weekend. Yeah, we played that yesterday. That was a joke, too. I don't understand it. Can you imagine any other forum? Your CEO doesn't back something you're against to the degree you're upset, and you say, we're going to have a walkout? You'd get fired. Yeah. Part of the reason this yeah. is happening is because people put up with it. Well, they're stupid to me. They're always mad about things that don't exist. Boy, isn't that the truth? But you could have, you know, the Today Show absolutely shoot holes in all those arguments that they presented. They don't want to do it because they want to push it along. Right. Yeah. Tired of that crap. Um, you know, the Babylon Bee got uh, booted off Twitter. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, well, it, because it was hateful. And the whole thing was about Rachel Levine, you know, the person that is the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corporation Woman of the Year, according to USA Today. The Babylon Bee said, well, it's Man of the Year. Well, that's hateful. And so they booted him.
But they did tell the Babylon Bee, hey, you can come back on as long as you delete that tweet. And the CEO of Babylon B, Seth Dillon, said, I'm not going to do it because it's true. And it's, and it's a joke. It's a satire site. Right. Get over it. I'm glad he didn't cave. Well, did you see, though, the editor-in-chief, Kyle Mann, has been suspended till he deletes a particular tweet? I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, Kyle Mann uh, puts out, maybe they'll let us back into our Babylon B Twitter account if we throw a few thousand Uyghurs in a concentration camp. Ooh. <laughs> Well, that violated the rules against hateful conduct, according to Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Wow. Good for him. Good to go, Kyle. Uh, So the Federalists put together this piece of seven times the Babylon Bee reported history before it happened. The satire. And so I looked through it. I figured it was worth sharing. The first one was Biden briefs TikTokers on foreign wars. Well, this happened seven months ago. He just, yeah, he did it. <laughs> seven months ago, goofing on Afghanistan, they did this piece, this story about how they were going to take TikTokers and then have them parachute into Kabul. We're quoting, if anyone can influence those Gen Z Taliban youth, it's those flamboyant youngsters on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and we just saw it. Yeah. Where the White House is having TikTokers go out and spread their message. Yes. It was just last week. So that was pretty good. That was one. Um, well, this was just a couple of weeks ago. Babylon B, um, was taking aim at suggestions that rising gas prices and inflation create a great opportunity for Americans to cut back on our dependence on fossil fuels, right? Mm-hmm. So their goof on that was, well, the Biden administration is suggesting adding more water to your instant ramen to feel more full. <laughs> what did we just see? Yeah. Bloomberg News. Yeah, eat ramen. Well, Saying, they, yeah, well, you just take meat out, yeah. okay? You could eat less, first of all. Yeah. And then eat lentils and let your dog die. Right. Yes, there was that, too. Let your pet die of cancer. and Well, you could also sell your car, yeah. right? The Babylon Bee also, months ago, had a joke. And the piece was titled, To Improve Public Perception, Kamala Harris is Taking Likeability Lessons from Hillary Clinton. I remember seeing it. We all laughed about it. Well, then what actually happened in December? Kamala was actually turning to Hillary Clinton for advice on how to be more popular. Golly. Woof. (laughs) Man. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Uh, They also goofed on letting men into women's prisons. That was back in 2017. Thinking, okay. Um, the headline was, Inclusivity Win, State of California to Make All Prisons Gender Neutral. Because, of course, they're not going to let biological men in women's prisons until they did it. Oh, yeah, they actually yep. did, yep. Show sure did. Um, they also joked that people who thought the 2016 election was rigged say 2020 was foolproof. And it happened. Right. Yeah. It absolutely happened. Um, That was the fifth, the sixth one. Sources say Trump attacks babies. This was months before the election in 2020. They published, the Babylon Bee did, anonymous White House source claims Trump punched a baby. (laughs) (laughs) And said the media reached out to the baby who chooses to remain anonymous. According to media investigators, the baby, in his first words, has anonymously endorsed Biden for president. It's a joke, right? Yeah. Um, 
But they also started talking about, who was it, Mediaite? Tommy Christopher published a video that said, watch, 98 times Trump disparaged babies by using them as an insult. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And the last one was anything leftists disagree with is violence and will get you deplatformed. They did that back in 2018. Uh, when the Babylon Bee said, violence officially redefined as literally anything at all that makes you feel the slightest discomfort. And sure enough, it wasn't long after that, summer of 2020, silence is violence. Like, yeah, Yeah. you could definitely say they were way ahead of their time Mm -hmm. on all of those things. Them and the Simpsons. Yes. Predicting the future. Or South Park. South Park, Yeah. yeah. Just had that last week with the trans swimmer. It's hard to parody what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, it was parody at one point in time. Exactly. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, Did see this little piece on the best jobs to have if you love to talk. Hmm. This job was not actually in the top four, at least. This job we have? Yes. Hmm. That was not it. Um, Sales has to be sales, right? Not not actually number one. Hmm. No. But if you want to get to this, we got a news update to get to. Oh, number one. Um, I'll I'll get it to you. Hmm. It's also uh, Corey Bush, one of the smarter from the left, right? Okay, maybe not. Yes, we mean defund the police. Okay, still? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. That and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robin. We don't want no more posies. Is that clear? See, that one didn't yeah. end so well. The Democrats have been trying to get away from that for a while. Well, yeah, because they realize defund the police is, is just <laughs> absolutely toxic catchphrase. Yes. Now, far-left Representative Cori Bush, she's been a real headache for the Democratic Party because, well, she's still fighting that fight. And here she is whining about how they're all telling her to stop saying defund the police. This was on The Breakfast Club. Mm. We also cannot be afraid to talk about what defund the police means. You know, we cannot. And that's my issue. It's like, you know, you can't. The the anger cannot be, you know, oh, defund the police makes people, it, it, it pushes people back. It makes people feel a type of way. We don't want to say that, you know, because the Republicans are coming against us. No. You know, they don't get to tell us what our message is, fix the problem, and then I won't have to say defund the police. Holy mackerel. (laughs) Just no kidding. That's the greatest ad for Republicans that could ever exist. Just play that over and over again. She understands that the people that they are trying to represent are hurt the most from defunding the police. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. Well, she's from St. Louis, and that's like what the... The murder rate capital of the United States right now. It's kind of an underreported, under the radar story, but yes, you need police. Yeah, that that would be probably a good idea. But this is the same lady who spends tens of thousands of dollars on personal security guards, and I just want to go back in the wayback machine. This was an all timer when she was asked about that. Uh, what was that last year at some point? When she was asked about what again? About the fact that she's 
spending tens of thousands of dollars oh, yeah. Yeah, on yeah, personal, yeah. personal security, security yes. while saying defund yes. everyone else's security. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. <laughs> Just not for me. <laughs> She's the best. Just don't see the irony, huh? No. Nope. No, because I'm doing the work. Yes, of course okay, you are. Okay, all of you other people, you grieving families, just screw y'all, because I'm doing the work. It's going to help in the long run. Okay, sounds good. Oh, I mentioned the uh, jobs for people who love to talk. News anchor was the fifth. Some people are like, well, would that be like radio? Maybe. A professor. Yeah, they talk a lot. Mm-hmm. A counselor or psychologist. Yeah. Some people say they, they should be listening more. Well, they do talk a lot, though. They do. A telemarketer. Yeah. No, thanks. Number one is a fitness instructor. You talk a lot. You're worthless and weak. Well, they got to they gotta get you, you know, ready to go beast mode, man. Bad form. Bad form. Bad. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. <laughs> all right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> Don't say Jamie Markley, Don't say David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, yeah. There's a lot to get through. There's a lot going on. Just know there's going to be food shortages. Yeah. And they're going to get worse. Hey, it's going to get worse. Uh, and your grocery bill, yeah, that's going to be going up in the coming months. Why? Well, part of that is because of the rising cost of gas. Been a little bit of a break recently, but we'll see what happens to the global supply of oil because it doesn't seem like the Biden administration is budging when it comes to domestic oil and gas production. Putin fault. Yeah, yeah. well, and then in this case, if Ukraine misses its wheat planting season, that's a huge problem for the global supply of wheat. They make up about 25%, Russia and Ukraine combined, uh, produce 25% of the global wheat supply. Now, we don't directly import that, but if you're talking about the stress on the global supply, that means that more people are going to be looking to buy from the U.S. and other sources, and so there's just less to go around. Absolutely. And, I mean, you think about all these guys that would normally be doing that work. They can't. They're fighting. Yeah. And a lot of people are gone. They went with their family. The 10 million people gone from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. So, yeah, there's going to be a shortage. Wow. Okay, thanks for that happy news. Mm-hmm. It's just awful. You're seeing the images. Have you tried to at least stay away from it as much as we were all watching it, say, two weeks ago, even last week, three weeks ago? Like, I keep up to date with what's happening, but as far as the nonstop images of what you're seeing, yeah, there's part of it you got to take a break from, I think. Yeah, you do. And it might just depend on your personality. But goodness gracious. I mean, I was really grateful for the NCAA tournament this weekend. I think a lot of people were. It was like, wow, what a break. Yeah. Just get away. You know, I can't I can't do this anymore. I mean, I get it. I completely understand. 
you know what, man? There's also this thing where I keep thinking in my head how lucky we are to live in a country that's not under attack or it's never been under attack like that because we protect yeah. the homeland to a, you know, large degree outside of 9-11. I mean, it's homophobic and rife with racism, but hey. <laughs> you know, all these people are dying to get here. At least we don't have that going, right? Jeez. Now, what was Biden talking about, the New World Order? What is that? Yeah, well, he says there's a New World Order emerging, especially after COVID, and now you're seeing Russia making moves, obviously, against Ukraine. Uh, still keeping an eye out on what China's going to do with the Russia issue and also what they're going to do with Taiwan and expanding their sphere of influence as well. So here is the president trying to get through a statement about the new order of things in the world. Oh. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there. Uh oh. We've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway, okay. I don't know if it does any good to even bring this up. I'm just saying what went through my mind listening to that because that was the first time I heard it, and all I could think was after 9/11. I remember so many liberals that did not vote for George W. Bush that were all saying, "You know what? I don't like that guy, but he's doing a great job right now, bringing the country together." And I think we are going to be protecting people, and we're going to get after whoever did this. Mm -hmm. There was that sense. Mm -hmm. And you felt like, okay, it's a little scary. You don't know what it means. There's the anthrax stuff, the, all that scare going on. People are looking to the sky, every plane they see for a while. But you felt like not only were the people united, but we had the right leadership. And we were going to be fighting back and protecting our own. That speech that Biden just gave right there, that doesn't give confidence to anybody. No, and, and it goes beyond words. No, I, mean, I, I don't even mean to be mean about it. That's a shaky old man right there. Mm -hmm. That doesn't quite get the grasp of what's happening. At least that's the feeling you have, because he can't communicate it. It's becoming a bigger problem as time goes on. You can't communicate what you don't understand. And even if he did, it's just words, it's just, well, and then what you're going to send Kamala out there, right? Well. <laughs> There's nobody. Man. That's the thing we're looking at right now. All right, let's move on to the Supreme court nominee being asked a whole lot of questions. Lindsey Graham, David had some interesting questions Yeah, for her today. Well, I, I think it's very interesting because he is, as he is questioning, uh, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, uh, about some things in her personal life. There are liberals very upset at Lindsey Graham right now, as if we're all supposed to forget how Democrats treated Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, for crying out loud, Neil oh, Gorsuch. Yeah. I mean, and it's amazing because he actually referenced Amy Coney Barrett during his uh, questioning of her today in particular about her faith, 
And he's trying to make the point that Democrats really made fools out of themselves here. Absolutely. Well, how would you feel if a senator up here said your faith, a dogma lives loudly within you and that's of concern? How would you feel if somebody up here on our side said, you know, you attend church too much for me or your faith is a little bit different to me and they would suggest that it would affect your decision? Would you find that offensive? Senator, I'm I'm I would if I were you. I found it offensive when they said it about Judge Barrett. The reason I ask these questions is I have no doubt. I wish you would have let her answer. Lindsay. I know you've done it a long time. Who am I to tell you, Lindsay? I have no doubt that your faith is important to you, and I have zero doubt that you can adjudicate people's cases fairly if they're an atheist. If I had any doubt, I would I would say so. But the only reason I mention this, Judge, you're reluctant to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Just imagine what would happen if people on late night television called you an effing nut, speaking in <laughs> tongues because you practice the Catholic faith in a way they uh, couldn't relate to or found uncomfortable. Because earlier on when he asked her about her faith, she was hesitant to get into it. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Because, and I think I'm paraphrasing, it's something the, to the degree of she wouldn't want people to think that that had an influence on how she would vote for one thing or another, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess she did not want to talk about it at all. Uh, is that troubling to anybody or just me? At least a little bit. I hesitate to talk about that. Well, it, doesn't it form part of your worldview? that tell you something about who you are? Maybe that's why she doesn't want to talk about it. Then isn't that troubling? Well, sure. But if you can brush it off as being, well, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I don't necessarily think that she is saying I'm ashamed of it. No. But I think it's, you know, at least you can talk a little bit about it. But do you, when you say, I don't want to talk but, about it, are you, in, in fact, talking about it? Well, it, what it comes down to is this. With Amy Coney Barrett, um, you know, by everything we had heard and what she talked about, she was a pretty faithful Catholic, right? And that was a problem with some of the, quote, Catholics on, from the Democratic Party. Yeah. It's like, listen, you actually take your faith seriously. <laughs> I mean, they all but said that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Pelosi, who else, you know, who else was talking about it? The dogma lives within you. Like, oh, my gosh. So I wonder if it's the same sort of thing. Well, are you one of those people that just, you know, the 70% in America that say they're Christian, but yeah, not really? Which is it? Mm-hmm. Maybe she didn't want to get into that. I don't know. For a lot of people in the country, that's an important thing. I don't know that it's going to have anything to do with, you know, whether she gets approved or not. Probably not. Um, something else, a lot of different things coming out today, just random questions and surveys that sometimes you just find interesting. One was they asked people, what does your coworker do that drives you crazy? Cause this is common stuff. And then if you take it a step further, if it drives you crazy, should you ever have the conversation in a nice way? And is there a nice way to do it? I'm being met with silence. Well, I guess that depends on what it is, you know. Yeah. I mean, I... Well, what do I do, Scott, that drives you crazy? What time's this show over? A few hours. 
No, you're you're fine. I'm used to you now. I've been around you for a long time. <laughs> See? Yeah, I know. What does that mean? I'm used to you, meaning there's a lot of things, but I want to get into it. Well, if it, you had to name one, which is it? Um. Oh my God. Boy, man, that frog has been boiled, hasn't it? <laughs> no, no. I'm just say it's not really a bad thing. It's just that you are easily distracted and you. And, and the things that annoy the hell out of you. There's just certain things that really annoy you that I find to be rather flippant. Like what? Today. Well, you bitch about my chewing, my food. You bitch about that. Um, you bitch but about my... It doesn't my, get you, you to stop. You, <laughs> that's that's not true. whiz, man. That's not true. It just it annoys you on some level. I can't even begin to understand. And, of course, the, the making sure the ringer's off of your phone, that'll send you up the tree, even though it could be your ringer sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, it is your ringer, Scott. I'll admit that. On the I'll show. I'll admit that. I'll admit that. You know what? I'll never say anything. We'll no, just let no. it go see, off that, see, I night. hate that, too, when you do that. <laughs> see? And here I we don't go. like that. And that, this is how it goes. The freaking martyr thing. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What? Just, it's fine. You asked me a question. <laughs> and then when I didn't want to give a really quick answer, then I was like, okay, the silence says everything. All right, well, let me talk some more. And this is you know, you know, I've known you for a long time. I mean, we grew up together, essentially, but in this it, business. Isn't yes. it better to actually have that sort of rapport than oh, I, to I, just sit in I wouldn't in want it any other like, way. Oh. I would hate for, for yes. you not to criticize something. So do you want to know what people said <laughs> in this survey? Um, I'll, I'll go through. It's like there's ten of them. Okay. I'll go All through right, pretty right. quick. Go ahead. Talking nonstop about their pets, especially cats. I can't even believe that's on the list. <laughs> It doesn't say that, does it? It's right there. It says cats? Oh, yes. I don't talk about my cats. Oh, Camden. Camden's great. He is great. Anyway, uh, being passive-aggressive, singing, taking their shoes off at work, no. um, pushing their side hustle on you, strange eating habits, yeah. asking questions while in a neighboring stall in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate that one. I don't do that. Using speakerphone for personal calls. <clears throat> Uh, sipping beverages loudly, eating loudly, or when they schedule a meeting. And then at the meeting, they ask what the meeting should be about. That is an odd one. I've never, never heard that. I don't even know what that means. What does that I mean? I suppose all, it would be annoying. Well, thank you all uh, for coming here. What should we talk about? I, yeah. I've never had a meeting like that, ever. Yeah. yeah. And see, David doesn't do anything to annoy anybody. No, I know. Well, Perfect in every way. In every way. Yep. After the show, he goes out and walks on water. It's true. <laughs> There's a moat around my studio. Is the White House prepared for the border crisis to get worse? Next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I'm sorry, man. That's one of the worst stories I've heard in a long time. That you were just talking about. Golly, David. Man. My gosh. Uh, Makes you so angry. Four teenagers have been arrested in New Orleans. Uh, they are suspected of carjacking a 73-year-old woman and dragging her to death. God. It happened at 1.30 in the afternoon. 
So they said that the victim, 73-year-old Linda Fricky, was found on the ground. What happened was as she was getting yanked out of the car, her arm got caught. And this is graphic. I just want to man, oh man. I need um, I'm going to give you the heads up here. Uh her arm got caught in the uh seat belt and whoever was behind the wheel, whoever was stealing the car slammed on the accelerator and she got dragged to death. And in the oh. process, her arm was removed Severed. from her body. Yeah. Oh, God. The suspects in custody include a 17-year-old male, a 16-year-old female, and two 15-year-old females. This has been going on in cities across the country. Gee whiz, man. I think for, uh, I'll just say, I hope they're punished to the full extent of the law. Could say a whole lot more. What I really hope happens. Probably shouldn't. All right, I know we got to get to this other story. Gosh, damn it, does that make you angry? Yep, sure does. Okay. Um, border crisis. It continues on day after day after day. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be another record year. If you thought it slowed down, it hasn't. It's just not covered. Well, yeah, and now the White House and Democrats on Capitol Hill are talking about ditching Title 42, the health order that's supposed to speed up deportations or keep people from coming into the country altogether. Uh, there are tens of thousands of people waiting in Mexico right now, and they, they're they going to rush the border as soon as this thing is lifted, and Democrats are big enough idiots that they're willing they're willing to still entertain the idea of taking that tool out of the toolbox. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about this situation and whether or not they're prepared for this historic border crisis to get even worse. Sure. There are timelines, including, I think, upcoming in April, on when it continues to be reconsidered. And those discussions happen among the health experts from the CDC uh, and other uh, other medical experts within the administration. And you always have to prepare, because if they'd make that decision, there would be an implementation that uh, would be in part led by the Department of Homeland Security okay. and others uh, that you have to plan for. Does that include preparing for a large influx of migrants at the border, specifically? Well, uh, certainly that would be part of it. Um, if, uh, if, uh, if, if and when um, the uh, CDC makes that determination. Okay. She's a joke. Just lying for a living is what it is. You know what's crazy? You mentioned this before, David. Trump's approval rating right now. And I think this is one of the many reasons why. His approval rating now is what? Uh, according to Emerson College, uh, his approval rating is at 59%. No kidding. <laughs> Higher than it was when he was in office. Wow. Usually it takes a few years, if it's a hated president, to be looked upon favorably. But with this freaking disaster we're all watching right before our eyes, all of a sudden he's 59%? Yes, sir. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, usually nostalgia takes at least a couple of years. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Okay. Right, we're going to get the composure here. I'm just trying to make it through without really losing it after that story in Louisiana yeah. with that 72-year-old lady. Well, I think at, at what point, you know, do you start arresting parents? I mean, they in Michigan, the school shooter in Michigan, they arrest oh, those yeah. parents. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the things you don't know is which kid had so much involvement were two just tagging along. You don't know, but find out who was really responsible. I hope they never see the light of day. Guarantee that.
All right, something else I want to get to is if you're a teacher and you got a kid that says, well, here's my new pronouns, and you don't want to acknowledge that, does that mean you should lose your job? That much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. I have no idea. He just got up and left. I'm not even joking. I'm yeah, not sure not where there. he went. <laughs> he wandered. Did he quit? Is it is that did it? He get, did he get stuck in the bathroom? Is there something anyway? I don't know, man. I'm not quite sure. The show goes on. That's all I know. Oh, hey, thanks for showing up. What's going on? Emergency caller? Yeah, I was just grabbing some stuff off the printer. I thought we had another couple of minutes. Oh, I'm sure you didn't get caught in the bathroom. No, no, no. Okay. No. Got it. I would have been there a lot longer. (laughs) I was going to say. All right. Um, Mask mandates. I noticed more and more they're leaving the country. Yeah. Why is this? Well, because people have seen the polling. And by people, I mean Democrats who have been holding on to all sorts of different mandates after COVID. Now, the chair of the House Democrats campaign arm, the DCCC, uh, and some of the vulnerable members he's charged with reelecting are voicing support for a Republican-led mask mandate repeal bill. So last week, the Senate voted 57 to 40 to pass a resolution that would nullify the Biden administration's public transit mask mandate after it was extended to April 18th. Eight Democrats voted for this resolution. Now, vulnerable Democrats are saying over in the House, hey, we need to vote on this. Representative Sean Patrick Maloney, Democrat, New York, I'm completely over mask mandates. I don't think they make any sense anymore. I'm for whatever gets rid of mask mandates as quickly as possible. Uh, Representative Susan Wild, Democrat out of Pennsylvania, I'd vote for that. Localities and airlines can make that decision for themselves. Uh, Alyssa Slotkin, Democrat out of Michigan. If, based on science, airplanes are just as safe as anywhere else, then we should be considering it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the shamelessness yeah, I, of these people. It, 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 that's, that's part of it. And you'll never get an apology or say, you know, I was wrong at this moment in time. Any of that stuff. It's like the Hunter Biden laptop thing that the failing New York Times finally comes out and said, yeah, this is real. It was true. The New York Post was right. They didn't say that. But Twitter has not apologized to the New York Post for taking them offline. No. And there's no apologies from anybody that that was not Russian disinformation. They just go along like any other day. Yeah, we found, you know, now it just doesn't make sense for these mass mandates. So the science changed, I guess. Or it's been the same all along. Frustrating. Um, A lot of people are talking about, you know, a lot of employees at Disney today walking out to oppose uh, the Florida parental rights bill. This is interesting. I didn't realize it was so toxic within the workplace at Disney. There was a piece at Daily Wire that sort of 
paints the picture of what's going on if you happen to be a conservative at that company. Conservatives wrote a letter to management at Disney. I don't know if you heard about that or not. Did you heard it? Yeah, I heard this story. Uh, no, I hadn't. Getting okay. bullied? Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah. Um, it's synonymous because they they feel like they could lose their gigs or they would be punished for it. Uh, but they said they don't feel safe in their jobs and that Disney has come to be an increasingly uncomfortable place to work for those of us whose political and religious views are not explicitly progressive. And, you know, part of the letter they talk about, you know, it was a dream to work at Disney in this particular area. Always wanted to do it. Um, like in the Imagineering department, designing attractions and parks and things like that. But have had colleagues leave and they don't want to leave, but it's getting worse and worse as time goes on. And, you know, I guess I didn't realize it was that big of a deal when you actually work there. That if your political views come out or religious views, you're not only shamed, but you're, you know, sort of targeted, made to feel uncomfortable. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, think about it in this in this light as well. I mean, if you're let's say somebody is raising money for a charity in the office and maybe you're one of the few people who don't donate to it. You know, there yeah. are some whispers in the hall. It's like, oh, geez, Scott really doesn't care about puppies with cancer. He's <laughs> terrible. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, now you think about something like the so-called don't say gay bill. It's not that. It's the anti-grooming bill. But where people have taken this on with religious fervor. Right. Now it is a hostile work environment. That's beyond just weird sidelong glances at, in the office, right? That's that's actual hostility. Because what the hard left progressive religion tells you is that anyone who disagrees with you is not somebody who has a disagreement, but is your enemy, is right. actually somebody who hates you, yep. and you should hate them. Correct. Well, and a lot of the people that are writing a letter to the conservatives, all they're saying to the company is, we are encouraging you to stay out of politics. That's it. You know, they're talking about Hamilton and the Mandalorian as like unifying content. And they're saying, you know, Disney's more valuable as a business and a cultural institution when audiences from across the political spectrum feel free to enjoy the entertainment it produces. Like what we always remember Disney being. So they're also saying to the public, hey, would you join us? And just asking them to stay politically neutral, not against anybody, just neutral. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so they're saying this is a last-ditch effort to appeal to senior leadership that might agree with us but lack the courage to say anything because they feel alone themselves. Because you kind of got to whisper to other people, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. Can't talk, you know, too loudly. And they had hoped that the CEO... Bob Chapik, who was supposed to be more conservative than Bob Iger, as CEO, that would sort of stay neutral. But apparently, you know, when he tried to be neutral on the Florida bill, he said, and this was a source within Disney talking to Daily Wire, saying that Chapik faced his own Disney, quote, deep state of leftover Iger hires intent on undermining that goal. And they took the social media and leaked comments to Hollywood trade publications that then prompted JPEG to reverse course 
and a move that this executive said was motivated by cowardice and stupidity. Like, well, maybe if I back them here, they'll they'll be behind me. No. That's not the way it works. Never, ever, ever, ever do that. Because they won't stop. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. And once I saw that, then it made sense to me because originally, when we talked about this earlier, was when you got all these employees saying, we're going to walk out. Because you didn't do a good enough job, basically, of fighting this bill. Well, how is that Disney's job? And who are you to just walk out, fire them? But, oh, it's sort of blackmail. Because you got people that will go leak things out, and who knows what, to Hollywood trade publications. It, it but is. isn't Disney to the point where they're more powerful than that? You would think. I mean, this is the same company that... <laughs> When people bring up the fact that they are bankrolling genocide in China, they just shrug and say, hey, here's a new Marvel show. But this is the thing. I mean, one, it's time for a reality check for these leftist idiots who are talking about walking out and doing all that stuff. Because the company you work for actually does some really actually supports in its own way some really horrific things that are being done. And it does not involve a bill in Florida that's designed to keep kindergarten teachers from talking to children about their genitals. All of us got a little bit of anger going today. Some of the stuff going well, on in the world, don't we? I can see it all over the place. And you, man. You, and the only thing I can be critical of here with DeSantis or his ilk is they didn't get out in front of this thing quick enough to explain what this really is. The narrative was taken over. I don't know, man. I mean, in my opinion, because that's all you hear about. That's the only thing that lives out there is don't say gay, don't say gay, don't say gay, anti-family, anti-gay, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if he did a good enough job of getting out in front of it and explaining, hey, listen, this is what it is. Well, here, here's the only counterpoint, and I, I think maybe you could talk about some lawmakers in Florida that didn't do a good enough job before because he didn't write the bill. No. He says he's going to sign the bill at some point. But... uh the other thing you're contending with is the fact that Ron DeSantis can go out there and make statement after statement after statement, which he has. That doesn't get highlighted by national media, by Florida media. They don't even want to talk about it. No. No, it's, it's just frustrating just when I see social media flooded with don't say gay, don't say gay, don't get say. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not what this is about. No, but they do that stuff all the time. As far as owning words and what the words mean and it's not actually what it is whether it happens in texas or georgia they rename what it is to make it sound it's absolute worse or worst i mean that's what they started doing they figured it out years ago when it was like women's health that translates to abortion yeah you know abortion that word it's toxic mm-hmm. uh, women's health that sounds way better they just go with it and then people parrot it Part of it. Okay. You know what? Let's switch gears. I'm going to get to that story that I mentioned earlier about if you're a teacher and you got a kid that says, well, I was a girl, but now I'm identifying as a boy. If you don't say he, should you be fired? Get to that in a little bit. Hmm. Lighten it up a little bit. Well, is it any lighter to go to the story about the mayor of Boston? Oh, gosh. What happened there? Well, yeah, the new mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, made a racist joke at a St. Patrick's Day breakfast. What? Yeah, I. so she was complaining about some of the hardships that she's gone through in her first 100 days in office. 
Um, and you could not make this joke about any other race right now. Wow. Okay, roll it. We've taken some big, bold actions, but I won't lie. This past winter was pretty intense. Trial by snow, trial by fire, fighters union. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. I'm talking about snowflakes. Snowflakes. I mean snowstorm snowflakes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Clever. <laughs> that one didn't bring Robbins to laughter, I noticed. No, no not so much. Um, here, maybe this will lighten it. You want to hear what uh, dreams most people Google about? Like they have a dream and they want to figure out what it means? Yeah, what does that oh. mean? That was kind of a crazy dream. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in this? Okay. Well, the, part of what we Google the most is dreams about snakes. Hmm. That's part of it. Your teeth falling out. I've never had that. You? I've, I've heard Anybody? about that. That I there's either. like a loss that of I'm aware control of. or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, how about snakes? I've had snakes in dreams before. Have you? Yes. Like terrified of them, or no? Like all of a sudden you're somewhere and they're everywhere. Hmm. Nah. Oof. You haven't had that before. No, I'm afraid to sleep now. That is first, actually, in 52 different countries. Wow. And then you've got, well, and for women, pregnancy dreams. I've never dreamed that I was pregnant. Maybe you have, Scott. No, I haven't. David, no. <laughs> no, never done that. No. Okay, being chased? Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Vacations? Yeah. yeah Had that. Not that I can think of. Spiders? No. Yeah. Not that I can think of. Sex? No. Yes. Who hasn't? I No one on this show. That's a comment. <laughs> Oh, this is this is interesting. Also in the top ten is dreams about an ex. Do you know what that usually signifies? No. What's that? What would you guess? That you want to get back with them? Or That's you, what you would guess, right? You would guess, yes. I'd, I'd guess it, it's like, it's almost like uh, you've dodged a bullet. It's that someone now is making you feel the way your ex did. Oh. Hmm. That's not... Every single time. It's not but, good either. But no. that's yeah, part of it. People in Fiji dream about peacocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but I had a feeling it was going to make you laugh. Now, that's a Snapple fact right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay. Get to the story about the teacher and the pronouns and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Maybe you've heard the story of the Kansas middle school teacher. Um, and, it, you know, who knows exactly what's true and what happened here? Because there have been a few different reports on what happened with this middle school student that's transgender. That's what they're saying. That's a girl now identifying as a boy. So one day, and this was over a year ago, the teacher calls her the girl or her, whatever, and then the friend lets the teacher know by way of email 
hey, this boy now, say, you know, him or they. So the next day, the teacher uses the kid's last name instead. Well, the kid took that as, you're abusing me. And so then principal has the chat with the teacher, and there's a suspension, and the teacher's saying, well, I'm Christian. I think there's two genders. I mean, God assigns gender at birth, and I'm not going to go along with that. Well, as you know now, that's hateful. <laughs> right. And so now she's suing the school and the principal. Mm-hmm. We'll see where that goes. But, you know, as I'm looking at this story, now that's crazy enough. But, you know, this isn't just the United States where this phenomenon is happening, especially with kids. France, they are concerned there about the epidemic-like phenomenon among adolescents seeking drugs, hormones, and surgeries. The National Academy of Medicine in France said it could be tied, of course, to social media usage and social contagion. I've heard it before. Yes, it is a it's, social contagion. Come on. Yes. So you've got France, Sweden, the U.K., Australia... All these government medical boards and academies recommending put the brakes on all the surgery and the hormones. Okay, we got a huge issue here, but not the United States. No. Full steam ahead. If you do not twist the concept of reality and science to adhere to the rules that the left makes up and they change every day, then you're a bigot in America. It's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many people in America actually know all these other countries are saying, okay, this is a social contagion. This isn't real, okay? we got to stop this right now, giving these kids drugs. It's abusive. And surgeries. Not the United States, at least not yet. Freak crazy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, this is kind of a shocker here. The White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, uh, has tested positive for COVID. Now, she just had COVID five months ago and is vaccinated, boosted, all that stuff. Yes. But she she is not joining the president on his trip to Europe as a result of the positive test. I do wonder if that's not a false positive, though. (laughs) Because <laughs> you never really know. You ne- Well, I mean, it just does seem like with natural immunity and three shots on top of it, to get it twice within five months is pretty remarkable. Well, man, it's going to take a deep dive for a second for me to explain exactly what I'm thinking. But okay. I can do it. All right, All right go Does for that it. scare you right now? A little? Maybe yeah. a little, but... Okay, so I know... 
Alex Berenson. Some people say, oh, man, he lost it somewhere along the line, or they think, man, that guy always told the truth when it when it came to COVID. Sometimes his opinions may have been off, but the facts that he gave people was spot on. Because from the beginning, he was questioning the COVID narrative, right? He ended up putting out the book, um, Andemia. He had just reported, and there are other countries that have certainly done the same reporting, that as it ends up now, and especially with Omicron, that if you're vaccinated, you're more likely to catch it than if you're not. Don't know if you've heard that before. Yeah. I'd like to see the reasoning behind that, that theory, because you don't have the natural immunity built up. Well, there's a there's a thinking, and this has yet to be proven, but there is a thinking that there's a boomerang effect. If you get basically too many shots, it's one of the reasons why okay. you have a whole lot of people saying, oh, well, well hold on, we got to hold off on like getting four boosters or four shots or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because the thinking is, is that it's possible, since this does not contain an actual, the vaccines that are on the market don't actually contain a sample of the virus Virus. itself it's that mrna technology and that if essentially it gets your body to react very quickly for a short term in terms of immunity against this virus but in the long run it lowers your defenses overall got it okay for it so that's that's one school of thought on that and that's again that's something that you just got to look into you got to pay attention to it which is also- he talked about it on his Substack mm-hmm. about South Korea because that was the crown jewel of how to treat COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this past Thursday, they reported 600,000 new infections, which would be the equivalent of like 4 million in the United States in a single day. And the deaths are skyrocketing. Okay, so he's talking about that and saying that South Korea, even more than Hong Kong, shows the world what happens when Omicron... It's a densely populated region that has no prior COVID immunity at the wrong time. So, okay. The mRNA shots have negative efficacy against Omicron infection within months, meaning that vaccinated people are more likely to become infected. Data from Canada, Britain, Scotland, the United States, and other countries all agree on this point. And he wrote, I'm not sure anyone serious even argues it anymore. As an example, New Zealand, unvaccinated people now have even lower infection rates than those who have received boosters. So there is that part which would answer the question. There's a lot we're going to find out about this in the end that we just don't know yet. Yeah. I'm convinced of that. The other open question is also about behavioral patterns, which is kind of hard to – that's hard to – aggregate and then put on a chart, you know, were people more likely to to be out and about and think that, oh, I'm bulletproof now because, well, you were told you were, basically. Yeah. Um, so did that play into it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of open questions, which is one of the reasons why even the FDA, I know they get ignored now, but why the FDA even was really hesitant to open up or approve boosters, the first booster shot, for anybody other than Extremely high-risk people. Correct. And now they're talking about another booster. Yeah. And that's for everybody, right? Right now, the fourth 
that they're pursuing is for over 65, I believe, but they do eventually want to say, yeah, four boosters or whatever, or four shots, which, again, to any common sense person, I mean, you can get into the details of what we know <laughs> and what we don't know, but if you need four shots within a year, uh-huh. that's a problem. Oh, yeah. Yep, totally agree. Uh, something else out there, just I guess we know this now, that if you go on Twitter and you mention someone that's a biological male is a male, you'll get suspended now. Is that? I think that's where we're at. Because we know yeah. the Babylon Bee had put out that tweet, and it was, you know, a satire story. Um, but it was all about Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary for Health of uh, Health and Human Services. Charlie Kirk's been suspended, and it, this is what he tweeted. Um, where's it at? Rachel Levine spent 54 years of his life as a man. He had a wife and a family. He transitioned to being a woman in 2011. Joe Biden appointed Levine to be a four-star admiral, and now USA Today has named Rachel Levine as a woman of the year. Where are the feminists? That was on March 15th. They suspended him. That was it. That's a reasonable question. Extremely reasonable question. It's not the question. They, they had should a problem be fighting with. tooth and nail against this. If they, in fact, want equity for females in the world of sport, anywhere. No, the, it's not the question that they have a problem with as far as Twitter goes. <laughs> Golly. It's saying that Rachel Levine spent 54 years of his life as a man. Because he did. I know. <laughs> it's he like did, but, I mean, there, but there, is no, there is no pushback from the feminist groups who generally will wade into these conversations. Because they don't want to be canceled either. Exactly. Oh, you, you know, you got to be courageous. Yeah, it, it is to the point of absurdity where you can act accurately describe somebody's biography and say that yes. that's hate speech or something like that. The other part, I mean, just on the note of absurdity in this sandbox. Yes. Did you see the ESPN cover story about a WNBA player uh, who is the first, let me try to get this right, the first openly non-binary and transgender player. I thought non-binary meant you didn't fit into either right, category. You go either way. I, yeah. Dude, I don't know. It's your truth. Now, the editor's note here is like something that you would see on a South Park episode five years ago. Okay? <laughs> uh, Lacia Clarendon, who identifies, this is what they write, who identifies as transgender and non-binary uses he, him, she, her, and they, them pronouns interchangeably. We do so throughout this piece. We also introduce the preferred pronoun for others who appear in this story and for whom pronouns are used. So this person just, it's, it's a grab bag, it's potpourri, what, when it, when it comes to their preferred pronouns? That's, that's absurd. That's silly. Well, at least for that teacher in Kansas, you couldn't get it wrong, right? And that way, I can well, whatever pronoun I want to use, it seems to fit with that person. Yeah, and I won't get suspended. It's freaking crazy, well, man. Part of the NBA, well, non-binary association. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to figure out too. On the topic of the teacher, and we mentioned this earlier. Long story short, is you got a middle schooler, a girl that's saying she's a boy, and so the teacher just called her by her last name and got in trouble. Okay. Well, if that's the way all of this is going, 
David, you mentioned yesterday as part of LGBTQ uh, I something else plus. Yeah. One of those is fluid both ways. Yeah. Correct? Well, I'm I I'm not entirely sure of where again cuz it's all ridiculous and completely made up. Yes. But two spirit and two I don't spirit. I don't know if okay. two spirit is different from gender fluid. I'm not I'm not sure. Again, these are this is what happens when you have a country that is wealthier than any country on the face of the planet in all of human history, right? We make up things. To, to, I'm sorry. It just, it's, it's, it's true. How do I know if I'm two-spirit? I, I don't know. Is that the number two or T-O? That, that's the number two. Number two-spirit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a Disney movie about a horse. A little bit. <laughs> but that was DreamWorks, spirit. Two-spirit. Yeah. Well, at least you could get the, the pronoun wrong because it, it, it go both ways, <laughs> that's right? That's true. Yeah. Okay. If you want another story about the assault on reality, you remember uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, oh, the yeah. New York oh, Times yeah. Magazine reporter and 1619 Project founder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the woman whose intellectual prowess the left is trying to force into every single uh, elementary school even in America. She's kind of an idiot, and she gets basic things about American history wrong to the point where even self-described liberal historians have a problem with the way that she writes because it's fiction yeah there was a problem here because she went off on tipping in a tweet did you hear about this yeah i did tipping yeah tipping is a legacy of slavery (laughs) and if it's not optional then it shouldn't be a tip but simply included in the bill have you ever stopped to think why we tip like why tipping is a practice in the united states and almost nowhere else no it's what do you mean nowhere else? Well, she got called out on that from from people even on the left. Because, you know, someone else said, you know, yes, America is a slaveocracy, part of 1619. But somebody else brought it up. No, tipping is widespread throughout the world and began long before slavery in the United States. Yes. All of a sudden, tweet deleted. Ah. From Nicole Hannah-Jones. Just gone. Hasn't traveled very far, has she? <laughs> Apparently not. Jeez. Meanwhile, uh, Kid Rock was on Tucker Carlson's show last night. And part of the story was Trump asked Kid Rock what to do about North Korea. Yeah, yeah apparently, Jeez. yeah. Trump would ask his take on global <laughs> affairs. I saw the clip. If you haven't heard it, you got to hear this. It's really pretty funny. We will get to that. Yeah, there's a lot to get to. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I don't know what to make of all these people leaving employment under the vice president. Like another one. Well, National Security Advisor, gone. That's a terrible place to work. I mean, it's it's terrible. 
National Security Advisor, you say? Well, it's a good thing there's nothing happening on the international no. stage that would require an expert. Well, she doesn't help. need it. She's got it. You've heard her speak about it. That's true. I mean, she does yeah. seem to have a firm grasp of the yeah. uh, Russia Very invasion of Ukraine. Very comprehensive she, in her remarks, yes. Yeah, she knows that Russia is a bigger country and yeah. Ukraine is a smaller country and Russia has invaded a smaller country and basically that's bad. That's really so, bad. So, obviously. <laughs> She's broken that down. She doesn't need that person. It's true. You know, you got to cut back in these times, you know. you got to scale back. <sighs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly why this person quit, but it seems like after the debacle that just happened <laughs> a week ago, maybe that would clue us in. Did she not take direction from the advisor? And so the advisor's like, forget it, we don't know. Look, there are some people who are just not coachable. Yes, that is true. I would guess that's the conclusion. I'm t- honestly, dude, I'm trying to be fair with that whole thing. But what other conclusion can you come to with that many people quitting? Like one after another after another. All right, we got to get to the Kid Rock audio. If you can bring my pot up so I can play this, Scott, appreciate it. Okay. So this is all about his conversation with Donald Trump and times that he spent with Trump because Kid Rock was on Tucker Carlson's show talking about it last night. Right, and apparently Trump would ask for Kid Rock's take on on global affairs. Like North Korea. Well, yeah. Let's roll that. I was there with him one day when he ended the caliphate. He wanted to put out a tweet, and it was like, I don't like to speak out of school. I hope I'm not, but that's something like he's like... Tell him, like, yeah, the tweet was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, you know, if you ever join the caliphate, you know, and try to do this, you're going to be dead. He goes, what do you think? I go, awesome. Like, yeah, tweet that out. I was like, I can't add anything better than that. But then it comes out, and it's very, it's reworded and more political and, like, you know, a little politically correct. And I'm like, just being pretty, you know, we're looking at maps. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, am I supposed to be, like, in on <laughs> That was one of the most endearing things about the interview with Tucker Carlson. Is you got a guy that was that close to the president that can tell stories like that. Yeah. So for a lot of people that either like Kid Rock or like Trump, it was endearing. People on the left, they're out of their mind. How could Trump, of all people, be talking to Kid Rock about such things? Mm-hmm. They're all tied up in knots about it. <laughs> <laughs> I make dirty records sometimes. <laughs> I do it here. <laughs> you didn't think you'd have a hand. What do you think we should do about North Korea? I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. <laughs> How could he be talking about that with, with Kid Rock? Oh, really? Because the model UN Ivy League dorks aren't doing so great right now under Joe Biden. No, they are not. Kid Rock might be a step up. I would agree. On a lighter note. We know of some people that got tattoos before that probably wish they had them back. Mm -hmm. Did you see the story of the 32-year-old in England, Kaylee Williams, trying to track down a random guy named Daniel Ford? Because 10 years ago, she got his name tattooed on her butt. No, that's dumb. (laughs) They never dated. They never dated? No, they didn't. No. Back in 2012, she was on vacation with her friends off the coast of Spain. They had... They had a few cocktails, met a group of guys at a tattoo shop who were all dressed up as babies. It's kind of a crazy story. One of the guys' name was Daniel Ford. I dare you to get my name tattooed on your butt. 
I'll even pay for it. So she did it. That was the last time she saw him. Now she's trying to look him up. See, this gets back to my point. Which my is? point is no one, not one person you know, not any person you'll ever meet, has made a good decision while hammered. Well, see, you it don't, just don't know that. They don't. You, nobody ever did. Nobody were. You know what? That was a great decision I made when I was hammered. We'll test that at some time. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Couldn't you be hammered and just make one good decision? You can't. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. How many people have went, well, I'm glad I bought that piece of property when I was drunk. Okay. All right. I think I have... Okay. Not, not a personal story, but I'm guessing this has happened at some point in time. You always talk about the drunk criers. They get all emotional. They start right, crying. Right, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so somebody is in that state and decides, you know what, I should have apologized to this person years ago. And they reach out and actually apologize, but they wouldn't have done it so. And they wake up in the next day going, damn, I wish I hadn't apologized to that person. But you said, did you ever make a good decision? That well, would be again, a good decision they regret the decision they made. So is it a good decision <laughs> if you regret it? I don't think so. We'll let David decide. Oh, tattoo that guy's name on my butt. Scott bike. Robbins, top three stories of the day. The trifecta and a news update next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The grilling continues, if you call it a grilling. Supreme Court nominee. Katenji, well, you saw her. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. You get the idea. Oh, news update, David Van Camp. Well, there's been some questions asked about her record, specifically with uh, child porn offenders, sex offenders. And, yes. you know, she has been... Or she has a history of multiple times giving fairly lenient sentences to people convicted of possession of uh, child pornography. Uh, Just as a couple of examples, uh, there was one guy who was, what, the sentencing guidelines called for a sentence of up to 10 years. Uh, She gave him three months in prison. Wow. Uh, there was also another where the recommendation was 97 to 121 months. Uh, guy got 57 months and the list goes on and on from there. And so I I think that is a legitimate question. I should note that he, she's not out on an Island with that. There are a lot of judges who, who don't go by the old guidelines and, so they should all be questioned. Right. That's the bigger question, right? Yes. That's, that's the Absolutely. real headline right now. But of all people, uh, CNN brought out Jeffrey Tubin, you know, the guy who Jeffrey was. Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, the guy who was Jeff and his Tubin on a work call. To One talk about sex crimes? Yeah. So we have a clip? Uh, oh we my do have gosh. a Gosh. Yeah. Well, he has his own theme song. You know that. I want to give the guy his due for crying out loud before he's bring him out here. Okay, go ahead, Jeffrey. 
Give us the wisdom. This came up, I remember, when I was an assistant U.S. attorney back in the 90s, is that when those, uh, when those uh, sentencing guidelines were written for those cases, th this was a time when uh, the people who committed these crimes would order individual photos and, 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 get, and then get them usually through email. Um, and then uh, they would be sentenced based on the number of photos they possessed. This was all pre-internet. So uh, once the internet came in and, and people got... If it was pre-internet, how'd they get the email? I was That's wondering a good the same question. Thing. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Maybe he's talking about like pre-dark like web or... I, I mean, even that doesn't really make sense, but I'm... Well, you're the pro, you're an analyst, and you're... Yeah, <laughs> completely making no sense. I don't understand it. Anyway, go on, Tubster. Um, access to hundreds and then thousands of photos. They would the the sentencing guidelines would reflect hundreds and then thousands of photos. Federal judges have been struggling with the issue of how do you create a fair system that was designed pre-internet that was yet you have to sentence people post-internet. And what I thought Chairman Durbin pointed out is that judges across the country including Republican-appointed judges. How about stay away from child porn? Can we do that, Jeffrey? Yeah, it, it, I, I keep hearing the legal reasoning behind this, and I, I'm just I'm a little flummoxed Jeez. by it, right? And I, I understand, oh. again, that she's not the only one who has done this, but it doesn't make sense to me that you would even be struggling with it. What The argument is because the Internet makes it easier for perverts to get a lot of child porn, that means leniency is in order because... It just back in the day when these laws were written, it took more effort to get the emails or but it was pre-internet, get which something makes no in the sense. mail or what? I mean, that it really doesn't make it. I don't sense. know. Okay. Have been saying, look, we can't apply the rules um, uh, pre that, that were designed pre-internet for an internet society, and many judges have been giving somewhat less sentences as a result. I mean, a lot of people have made the argument he should have lost his job, and I totally get it. Even without what he did, that's nonsense what he just said there. My gosh. This is CNN. Right, the worldwide leader. Yes. Remember what he said after that? True. So what? I mean, you know, it came out in a in a disorderly way. It came out. That was not necessary. I'd like to be more, you know, mature on this show. Do we really need that low-hanging fruit? I think we do. Don't say it, David. Just don't say it. It's time oh. for Scott Robbins and his top three stories of the day now. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins counts down every day. His top three stories helped by his hero in life and from his top 40 days. I'm Casey Kasem. Yep. Get your pencils ready. They're all ready to roll. Three. Rock and roll. So, so now that Jeffrey Tubin has had his say, <laughs> it is time for Scott Robbins to take a whack at it. Thank you, David. Okay. Uh, so, so What happened to the who? I thought we were getting a who there. <laughs> no, there was no the who. Gosh dang it. Uh, okay. So Hillary Clinton has weighed in on Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the Supreme Court nominee from Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know who asked. They just keep asking her, and she keeps answering. This is good news, I guess. 
this is the kiss of death. Uh, Hillary Clinton said uh, she thinks that Katanji, you know, that, you know, you've seen her, right? That she is eminently qualified to be a Supreme Court justice and should be seated immediately, if not sooner. Now, is she trying to tank the endorsement of Katanji I don't know. I, who is she talking to? She's just talking and someone's there to pay attention? Oh, it's always these interviews. They stick the mic in her face no, and they okay. ask her about these types All of right. things. Gosh, lighten up, guys. Right, exactly. Uh, the kiss of death here. Maybe mm-hmm. even to some people on the left, they're probably like, no, 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 no. Don't endorse her. I don't know, man. I think there are some rose-colored glasses happening right now with Hillary Clinton. They Possible. look at their options. Yeah. And if it's Joe or Kamala... Or Hillary? I just love solving problems. Of course she does. <laughs> oh, you know, which laugh is worse, hers or the cackle? Hmm. Oh, man. I mean, which one haunts you at night when you close your eyes? <laughs> well, yeah, because that means you gotta you got to look over your shoulder, you know, keep your head on a swivel yeah. or else you'll get Epstein'd. <laughs> Yeah. You hear that? Cackling the other one's just annoying, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. I hear that. I hear it's like that. the spooky music that comes in. <laughs> you know, when Jaws, they play the little theme. When you hear that, you, you know time is up. Right. It's like piano wire. Closer and closer around the to number one. Yeah. Two. Uh, Britt Hume from Fox News has ruffled some feathers with his take on Kamala Harris. And yeah, when you, yeah, when you uh, focus on checking boxes over qualifications. And the actual record, this is what you get. So Brett Hume took a moment to address the elephant in the room and talking about the passage of time. Uh, Britt tweeted out, of course, the uh, the left went nuts. The pers- This person is the vice president of the United States, chosen because she checks certain political boxes and chosen by a man himself, chosen because party leaders were afraid Bernie Sanders would run away with the party's nomination. This is true. I just broke news. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just like it because it, it, it just triggered him. They just melted down after that. Oh, my gosh. How dare he point out the elephant in the room? What? We all know it to be true. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Yep. Top three stories yep. today from Scott Robbins, the trifecta. And, and finally, yes. one. Well, this is my favorite. Uh, professor says Leah Thomas, you know, Leah Thomas being the man who swam against women in NCAA swimming. Uh, a professor says that Leah Thomas is like Jackie Robinson. Yeah, opinion writer Professor Cheryl Cookie said this over the weekend that the country ought to be celebrating swimmer Leah Thomas instead of criticizing the transgender swimmer. She even went as far as to compare the athlete to the baseball legend Jackie Robinson. How? Well, last week, you know, she became, he became, whatever became. The first openly transgender athlete to win a Division One championship in any sport, despite ongoing controversy surrounding eligibility to compete as a transgender woman in a typically biological woman's sport. And this edit- editorial was published on NBC News. <laughs> they say typically biological women's sport. Is that really part of the yes, story? Right. It yes. literally exists for women. <laughs> for women, yeah. It's not tip. It's not like wow. It just so happens a lot <laughs> exactly. of women play this sport or do this activity. It was there specifically to give women an opportunity. She went on to say, "For anyone who cares about the advancement of sports and women's sports in particular, her win should be celebrated." <laughs> okay. I take it is this person a feminist too, or no? 
Do we know? Do they know that Jackie Robinson was actually an African-American? He wasn't pretending to be one? He wasn't a white guy pretending to be an African-American? Does anybody know that? I think they know that, yes. Well, it's a ridiculous comparison. But it does bring up the question, Yeah, where are the feminists on that? Exactly. Well, I know there are some that just, they don't have a platform because they got deplatformed. It happened. But there should be outrage over this. Well, of course. And you know what? I think some people have made the point there has been. And sometimes it is the old silent majority where this was the actual <laughs> the actual event that made people stand up and say, okay, this is enough. This is ridiculous. We can't keep going this way. And you may not hear about it right now, but you will in the future. I mean, that's being predicted, and there could be something to that. And there you have it. Well, yeah. The Jackie Robinson of women's swimming. Golly. Holy smokes. Uh, listen, man, I suppose we've spent enough time on that, how ridiculous that actually is. And some people have brought up, is there going to be another division? You know, men's, women's, women's with testicles? I have no idea. It's, dude, it's not a fair race. It's just not to anybody that can rub two brain cells together. You see that. It's... NBC presents Women with Technical Testicles Olympics from Beijing. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Stop it. Anyway, you want a good news story? Sometimes the simplest jokes can crack up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming okay. either. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is no joke. A hospital in Houston pulled off a 10-person kidney swap this month. Whoa. Did you hear about this? What is that like musical chairs, but with kidneys? Was one person left out? How did that work? Well, it's where your loved one, of course, needs a kidney, but you're not a match, so you donate to someone else in exchange for one. So 10 people got kidneys over the course of four days. They're oh. all doing well. Yeah. Wow. That's so kind of cool. They were just trading up. Did they have like a draft board up at the hospital, like to keep track of whose kidney was going to who? The, you know, mistakes have happened before. You would think that they're making sure that everybody got the right stuff. Go to the podium and make an announcement. Stan has just traded his kidney to Edna (laughs) in exchange for Bill's kidney going to Mary. Yes. The guy's got like the Mary Mary jersey on. Yeah! (laughs) It's really been an honor for me. All right, thank you for the trifecta. God, Nimrod's the news to get to and a news update next. Goodbye. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Be on the lookout. Cyber attack could be coming at any time. That is from our president. Yes. He's not going to do anything about it because at the end of the day, President Bystander says, well, it's really up to you to make sure that you are cyber secure. Correct. But just be on the lookout Mm -hmm. because this could be happening. (laughs) But remember, as you reminded us earlier david president warned putin what not to have yeah, he gave the united a hit states list. 
Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> okay, here are the things that would be really bad if you did this. You do get to the point where you can't make this up. <laughs> Remember at the time? No, I, oh, so yeah. So you're telling him what to hack. Well, no, that, that would be some sort of crossing a red line. I, it just makes absolutely no sense. Um, I see where uh, some middle school teachers in the Newburgh district um, in Oregon got some trouble because they were told you cannot have the gay pride flags or Black Lives Matter flags out in your classroom. That doesn't seem like a big deal, right? So they were infuriated. And they posted a TikTok video where they danced around while flashing their middle fingers and mouthing, bleep you. What is going on? Yeah, that's very indicative. Do you ever remember no. teachers being quite like what we're seeing right now around the country? No, it's it's pretty crazy. I couldn't have told you the political affiliation of any teacher I ever had. Yeah, but you got under- I could guess, but... You also got to understand, though, is that when the weather underground stuff started going away, the communists entered teaching teachers. They entered education. And so this is the end result of a few decades of communist indoctrination. The documentary from Van Camp coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Oh, yeah. You actually did it. All right, we got to get the Nimrods rolling. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Yeah, let's start with a teacher in Florida. Name is Kristen Wiley. She's 49. She's pulled over on suspicion of drunk driving the other night. Almost crashed into a police car. Cops asked if she'd been drinking. No, I've been drinking. But see, your nine-year-old son who was in the back seat. No. He said, Mom, you can't lie to the police. You did drink. <laughs> well, okay, I had a couple cocktails. That's what she said. Everybody's always had a couple, right? right. I had a little drinky poo tonight. <laughs> Whatever, a little drinky poo or two. No big deal. Well, she blew three times over the legal limit. Oh, geez. You got her kid in the car with her. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yep, she's in a whole lot of trouble and should be. And then this this is kind of a crazy story. Um, Guy went like Mission Impossible style in Miami, broke into a shoe store, like rappels down to steal shoes. Here's the problem. Her display, he only got the left-footed shoes. (laughs) (laughs) 20 of them. 20 pair of left. 20 left-foot shoes. Yes. Well, his cousin Hopalong is going to be thrilled. (laughs) The thing is, and they brought this up in the story, it has happened before. It was four years ago. It was a string of burglaries in Virginia where people were stealing right-footed shoes. (laughs) They had to get together. You're not suggesting they were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Hello. <laughs> oh, see. knock it off. That will not be tolerated. You have no soul. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's to do.